Welcome to another episode of Sawdust Nation Podcast. It is episode 166. 166. Crap, that's math. Math me. 34 episodes till 200 only. But you forget, kind sir, that we've actually done 0.5 episodes and special episodes. So we might be closer than that. This is very true. But hey, it's us, your hosts, Nat from Naps Naughty Works LLC. That's me. And then we got Josh from North Country Woodworking. Uh, sporting the old special tag that none of you can see, but I think it's official now and we can go ahead and breathe. But Josh has finally sewed on his next rank after a bunch of issues. And man, he persevered through. And I'm going to tell you what, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Proud of you, bro. But hey, let's jump into it. Let's know what life is like with you being a technical sergeant now, but also how the shop's coming, how the family's doing uh, after the move. What's going on? Well, as you can see, or maybe not so much for those listening, um, behind me is an actual desk, and it's organized, and we have things hanging on the wall. Organization, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, um, we get recycling here every two weeks. So every other week, we get to really hammer the boxes and kind of go through stuff and get things organized. And, um, that way, we're not just you know storing boxes and whatnot on the side of the building. Um so we went through, we got the downstairs pretty much worked through, um, upstairs, our bedroom is pretty well, it, it is done. We have some clothes to put away on, uh, my wife's side. And then we just got to do the kids room, uh, which is done, but the playroom. So we're actually having them, uh, share a room so they can have a playroom. Um, things are really coming together here at the house, but the shop is where we're, uh, here for. So we'll dive into that real quick. Not much to report there. Um, I got some MDF, and uh, it's only 55 bucks, which <laughs> isn't that bad for an entire sheet. Not at all. Must be nice. So, um, yeah. I mean, the rest of the prices seem to be kind of the same or close to being the same, but big box store prices, right? Um, still looking for the lumber uh, yards. Um, I have some I want to visit because, you know, you really don't know until you actually visit. But uh, yeah, so we got the got the CNC basically set up. Um, the scroll board is just needs to be bolted down. Um, I did some things differently, which I don't know if I mentioned on here in the previous episodes. But while assembling the CNC, knowing what I know now, I was able to modify the frame to make it more rigid and help with other issues later on. Um, all the experience I generated over the last couple of years and all the talking on the podcast and with other people definitely helps out with that because you know how to modify things without messing anything up. Um, and then thankfully for some reason, um, you know, I had some of the spare parts from the different mods I've done earlier, which allowed me to go ahead and achieve those without having to buy any more, uh, hardware or anything else that needed to be special. Um, the new dust collection system is almost done. I'm just waiting on a order from PWN CNC, which is also our sponsor on the podcast. I went ahead and placed an order through him and ordered some maker files so I could 3D print some other adapters and whatnot to make sure that the dust boot will meet my needs and extend where I need it to extend. Um, I'm happy to report I've been testing the circuits in the shop and... I am not trying to make a breaker pop, 
but I am not not trying to make a breaker pop. I mean, you got to test your capability, right? Yes. So I won't know until I know what I don't know, so I can know if you know what I mean. Anyway, um, so what does that entail? Um, well, I had the MDF right, and the cuts I was making, uh, actually uh, cut two sections for the CNC so I can replace the front end or the back end, depending on uh, how bad it is. So I won't have to, you know, do an entire sheet. I can actually cut pieces ahead of time or, you know, just wait and buy smaller sheets. But regardless, um, some of those cuts I couldn't do on the table saw. So I broke out the track saw some, one of those tools that it's nice to have when you need it, but you don't use very often. So I broke it out, connected it to the Fez tool dust extractor, one of the new ones. And I went ahead and used it with the door shut. I had my dust collection going through the uh, extractor and I had the filtration uh, filter above. And I tell you what, little to any dust, there was nothing in the air that I could visibly see, which MDF small particles, you may not see them, but uh, I had the wife peek in because she usually, she's a voice of reason because when you're out there, it's sometimes hard to see. And uh, she looked, she couldn't see anything. And uh, on the table where I cut, very little to no dust as well. So that right there was kind of like the ultimate test on how I'm going to operate that shop, especially during the winter months. And so far, so good. And the best bet is I ran that dust extractor and saw off the same outlet and had no issues whatsoever. Now, so real quick, Josh, just sorry to interrupt you. So on that, one thing I found out about dust collection and running the saws and everything, when you pop it on, it's the initial startup that pulls the yes, amperage. It's so, like, yep. Yeah, you pull, if you turn on your DC before you turn anything else on, you should be fine uh, as long as you're not running on the spindle circuit. Because if that thing is hogging out some material, you might have some issues. Well, it is MDF. In, you know, the blade is fairly sharp. So, like, it's yeah. not a true test. Um, now, if it has some harder wood down there, like, you know, hard maple or something like that, and it had no issues, but for easing into testing out the circuits, I definitely uh, enjoyed that. Because if I would have tried that in Jersey, the place would have caught a fire and I'd have been SOL. So um, already off to a great start. Um, I will be looking at invoicing here this weekend and then starting up projects here at the beginning of September. Um, where I'm going to get the energy? Not quite sure. Um, so I am in the middle of real, a lot of restructuring within the new shop that I am in. And we're also in the last half of the year, which means we're trying to catch up on inspections. And uh, nothing wrong there. But I mean, I'm full tilt trying to learn this job, uh, being my second week actually physically in the office. And with that, um, a lot of catching up to do. And I now realize outside agencies, when I was maintenance and slash a flyer, um, my acronym list and how that must have been irritating because they're using a whole new set of acronyms uh, with this job. And uh, and I have to ask what they are. <laughs> I haven't had to do that for like 16 years. So uh, it's kind of a weird feeling. But, you know, I think it's coming on fast. If the furious, um, I'm already starting to complete different things and, you know, make things a little bit better here and there. Um, so it's going well. But going back to the shop, what does that mean? Well, it means I'm going to take on uh, probably two projects, get those done, see how I feel, and then carry on. Um, I'm sure once I get into the full swing, I'll be able to manage it just fine. 
Uh, but I also want to make sure I manage it well enough. I have time with the family. That is something that uh, I want to make sure is a priority and not get too overwhelmed. I say that now, hopefully I can maintain that. Um, so I got some plans moving forward and I definitely have some people inquiring about jobs. A lot of them are shadow boxes and trunks and they will be half. Well, they're going to have to be shipped, uh, the majority. Uh, but you know what? We'll figure it out. We're makers, right? That's what we do. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I got other than, uh, I guess I could mention 3d printing. If you want to jump into that real quick. Um, I've been using that 3D printer since I got it off the truck. Um, no issues. Uh, I don't, it, it's hard for me to explain how amazing that is. I put this thing on a truck and it sat for, I don't know, like over a week. And I got it out, was able to put a file in and 3D print without any adjustments. Um, I know I've said this before in the podcast, but I like, that's impressive. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are. That's the, that's impressive. Um, and it's really been helping with the shop and different things around the house, you know, uh, camera mounts to like, you know, Alexa devices being hung on the wall and stuff like that. She didn't hear me this time. So good. Um, did you mean, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you know how it is. Um, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Victor in the chat, what I can see, says Prusa, says everything. Uh, it's an impressive machine. I and mean, honestly, like, if you don't, if you're on the fence about 3D printing, honestly, get one. Even if it's not a Prusa and you get something else, it's worth learning and getting into. Um, just for the shop alone. Like, I, I, I'm not one to sell my prints. I've done a couple print jobs here and there. Um, but for the most part, I do, you know, stuff for me and the family. And, like, I'm not saying... It's, it's definitely paid paid the family back and the shop back uh, tenfold. Um, would it be quicker to buy something off Amazon? Absolutely. But when you can make something yourself, you're not so scared about breaking it either. And then, like, you don't have to worry about ordering the right part because if you don't, you could just do it again. So it's definitely worth your while. And, uh Yeah. It's, it's good. The house is really starting to turn into a home. The job is picking up speed and learning quickly. And the shop's fixing open here, uh, well, after this weekend. So nice, nice four-day to kind of dip back into it, start engaging with customers and seeing what they got for me. Um, you know, tip for people with a 3D printer. So my 3D printer is in a shelf above me here. Uh, and I have it set up in such a way it's kind of hard to get to the USB plug device. Um, so I got to remove that normally and then plug into the computer, what have you. There's different ways you can connect it. Well, you can do it wirelessly with a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but I'm simple and I, I use the little uh, USB. I put a USB extender though on that. And now I don't have to reach in to move the whole machine to get to it. And it's just so much easier. So a little tidbit, if you're having the same issue and don't feel like uh, installing a whole bunch of, you know, wireless stuff and, or just have a cable running to your computer, making life easier for yourself. But um, yeah, it, I can't wait to showcase the, uh, the shop to everybody and uh, probably start doing some lives in there. Um, it's clean right now. So it's nice. 
we'll have to go get it dirty and go make some sawdust. But uh, talk about sawdust, we have Nap on here, and <laughs> no offense, Listen, but it looks I'm like Gilligan's Island. Of my, I'm making good <laughs> use of my time right now. Okay, besides talking to you amazing people through the YouTubes and talking to you, Josh, talking about shop. I'm working on a project while we're here uh, just because I really don't feel like being up till midnight tonight. And right now I'm in the sanding phase um, before the actual final coat of finish, um, which I'll talk about here in a moment. So, you know, I'll tell you what, I wasn't busy for a while and, you know, I started getting busy because I started racking orders up as far as like in the future. And typically when you get things that are in the future, you're like, oh, man, I got time. Well, when that time runs out and you haven't really started anything, you need to get to work. Uh, That wasn't entirely the case here, but I can tell you that had I not done what I did this weekend, I'd be so far behind, I'd probably lose my mind. Um, Almost like San Antonio, to be honest with you. Um, But I have done quite a bit since our last podcast. It seems like an eternity ago, to be honest with you. We had the kiddos on here. That was a great time. I listened Absolutely. to the episode. I'm going to tell you what. That was funny. Um, <laughs> I was like, dude, I hear my kid on here talking about dinosaurs. This is crazy. Um, but I went ahead and got three jobs done. I uh, did a custom epoxy job for one of my old chiefs. He had a specific logo that he made for something that was for a division of something at the Pentagon. And I made it just a small platform. He said he wanted something small, something nice. I think we talked about this, like nice versus like uh, price and things like that. Um, he didn't pay any like crazy amount of money, but you know, I did some custom epoxy work because I was like, you know what? I one need to use my epoxy. Two, I got these eye candy pigments that have been sitting stagnant, and I had been itching to use them, so I got to use them and you know mix, make some different colors, and make it pretty close to the actual uh, logo, which is pretty neat. Uh, I'll be posting stuff about that here in the near future and on posting. I haven't been doing it much because honestly, I'm too damn busy. I'm not full-time woodworker. I'm not a full-time Instagrammer. Probably won't even be when I get out of the military. It'll be more frequent. But honestly, I've just been so damn busy. It just hasn't been uh, the four, uh, the four focus of my uh, the forefront of, of his herbal cortex. Yeah, that, thank you. I'm just freaking. I'm tired. If you can't tell, I'm tired. Um, nap. So I went ahead and finished that. Nap. Just for real. Uh, my name on here right now is a tired nap because I'm tired. Um, but then I got that job done. And then a while back when I opened my Etsy, we got a bunch of random orders. Um, and for those who don't know, I sent Nick a, a mug and I thought it was him who ordered twice, but it wasn't in fact. And I'll get to that in a second. But I sent Nick a, a giant rooster, if you will, uh, <laughs> a mug to him a while back, but then someone uh, also ordered another one, and it had a bald eagle on it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe this is just, you know, being nice. Well, the yeah. same individual hit me up, and I ended up making two more mugs for him, and I sent those off in the mail today as well. And then the third thing is on its way out to Japan right now. Uh, it was an ex-MTI that I knew while I was at San, San Antonio, and I did a lot of work for her squadron, and she uses me exclusively for things. So she reached out to me and said, hey, can you make this tumbler with these logos? And I was like, Sure, why not? So I made the tumbler, and that is on its way to Japan right now. Sent it out in the mail as well. So three packages out the door in the mail. Awesome. Then I got my my chief who's leaving or has his going away tomorrow, which is one of the projects I'm working on. 
um, I had to make two things for him, one from one uh, agency and then one from another. Well, the first one, which I can't post yet because, well, it hasn't been given to me, I haven't seen it, uh, is this little guy. Okay, so if you know baseball or you know football or any kind of trading cards, something called a relic card. Uh, the relic card has real pieces of jersey, glove, baseball glove, batter's glove, uh, pieces, really anything that the players wore, quote-unquote. Well, this particular thing has a piece of a – three pieces, in fact, of a cover from a specific munition from a specific trip somewhere. And this number signifies something that I can't talk about, and only the chief will know. And, uh, well, it's for B-52s and the two squadrons, and, well, it's for that chief. So that came about, believe it or not, it was during a conversation. And you never know where you'll find inspiration. Uh, but I was talking at my new job, which I'll talk more about in a minute as well. I was talking to an individual I know at my new job that I'm going to. And he said, well, why, hey, why don't you try this? Because he gave me this random cover. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Because I've made a lot of stuff out of things from the bomber world, which is crazy. I've gotten more jobs, including things that are from pieces of the bomber or equipment used with the bomber that's been, you know, ixnade. And I'm like, what am I going to make with this? He goes, well, why don't you just make something like a relic card, like baseball card? I was like, dude, that's a great idea. And I was like, awesome. So I asked the customer, I was like, hey, what do you think of this? He's like, well, show me what you mean. So I showed him and he goes, hey, man, you run with it. If you think it's going to look cool, it's going to look cool. And sure, shit enough, stuff enough. It looked, turned out great. I did that in a day. And while I was working that, and it was working on the laser and the uh, CNC, uh, I actually snuck another project in for the same individual, and I started doing this project. So that's a 3D rendition of the old buff, and I was sanding it because, well, I've done a couple coats of finish. I'm sanding it to knock down any bumps, any uh, stray uh, strands of wood, if you will, because if you know, um, when you... 3D cut with the grain, you get stringy wood. I learned that, and I should have known because Ben already told me this, but I was looking for the, the quick way, which was going with the grain, which was a hell of a lot faster. But no, I went with the grain, and it just it took it's taking forever to sand. Well, it took me maybe two hours to sand in the crevices, and I'm not necessarily happy with myself. But I went ahead and sanded everything down. Looks great. Uh, thank you, Tim. And uh, I did the letters on the laser. Uh, I've been using the laser a lot more for cutting out like um, letters and also doing the inlays. So a while back, I did an Instagram reel about uh, doing laser inlays. Laser inlays are the stuff, okay? You just got to make sure you do the offset because then you'll have to, or else you have to sand and do some other craziness. Um, luckily, I was able to uh, force a couple things into the cavities. No issues. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Take a um, long sip. And moving on. Yes, sir. So those this project will be done tonight. Uh, both have already been paid for, which was awesome. Uh, although this B-52 3D plane one is simple, it's elegant, and honestly, it encompasses this place here, Minot. Um, I know that it says on the, only the best come north. Many will make jokes. Okay, but I can tell you over the past year, if you don't got your crap together, you really don't belong here because of the mission here. It's just what it is. Uh, and, you know, there's specific things you need to work here. And if you don't have your crap together, you don't have those specific things, which then renders you practically 
a support person that can't do things on planes. So that's just what that is. It's true. On the flight line, that's just what it is. Um, but yeah, so there's that project. I have a shadow box that I am working. The I did my first test for the V-cut inlay floating pieces. Uh, the star, <laughs> I messed it up twice. <laughs> the first one, I didn't check to know where the bit was cutting. It was cutting on the inside, not the outside. So that was the first mess up. And then the second one was I didn't account for how wide the V-bit was. So when it cut the pocket, it cut the pocket a 16th of an inch larger. So I had to cut one like that. <laughs> the North remembers. Um, and then how long did it take? So that actually took, I, I think it was like three and a half hours between roughing and finishing. So it was an hour and a half per, um, an hour and a half to rough. No, it's not at all. If I would have used Ben's trick of using the half inch bit, it might have gone faster. However, because of how small some of the details were and how like the engines and stuff are, it, I would have had to do a bit swap to a quarter inch anyways. He would have done like four different bits. And yeah. They, oh, yeah. Like he would have done no sanding. <laughs> no. And that's the thing is if I would have adjusted my step over and gone yep. perpendicular with the grain, I would not have had to sand. And that is my bad. No, it's not your bad. It's what you chose to do because um, you know you know how to do it without. It's timing too. So Ben yeah. uh, from Beach Time Works, he's a master at 3D carving. Like he has definitely uh, mastered that skill. Like even creating files. Um, his friend Robotor is just he has contacts that help him with his 3D carving. That he can pretty much carve anything. Um, when I was in Texas, he taught me a lot. And I cannot wait to get that CNC started because, like, the stuff that uh, nap you're making is just amazing. Like, I love that right there. That's a, it's. I wouldn't say simple. It's elegant. Um, it's exactly what I would like as a you know a plaque commemorating the planes I've been on and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you definitely have the capability to do some amazing stuff in that shop of yours. You're getting really into that 3D carving. Um, you can see it with the progression from that shadow box to now. And then with your new CNC, which I can't wait to see what you're going to produce with that. Um, I'm telling you, like, there's going to be some good stuff coming from your shop. Well, I appreciate that. And speaking of things on the new CNC. Hmm. Mm. So, uh, actually, before that, I got so many things to get to. I'm sorry. I'm going to take part of the show. But to finish up what I've created and done, and then I'll get into the future projects. I got return orders for the CE plaques, which was nice. Easy money. I hate to say it, but easy money because the stuff I've made, it's sim it's simple for me because I've done it before. I know what to do. Cool. Um, while the three while the B-52 was cutting, I was able to work a bunch of other jobs at the same time. So this weekend I worked nine jobs, finished four, and now, now five. This being six, seven, eight, and then the ninth one is the shadow box. So the ninth, you know, that'll be done this weekend during the four day, and then I'll send it on its way. Um, and then finally, you know, I've talked about this one a lot, and I feel bad for the guy. Um, he was never going to pay for this project anyways because of how he was done, and I talked about this guy who, you know, had something made for him, and it just wasn't great. Um, I finally got the pieces glued up for that that hat stand that I said I was going to make a long time ago, and I'm going to ask the guy for his address, and I'm just going to send it to him. Because he's waited so long for it, and honestly, he's a friend of mine. No skin off my back. I'll send him a nice hat stand, something that's different from everyone else's, and that'll be that. Um, I have a 3D hat press coming up. 
uh, that I'm going to make as for another weapons guy. He wants me, he said, make it weapons themed. I was like, okay. So using prior knowledge, I'm going to 3D cut a Reaper scythe, and I'm going to V-carve his name in it, epoxy that, and then I'm going to engrave his um, squadron logo in the bottom left corner. And then I'm going to, you know, do the whole hat press thing. Go ahead. I got a question. Um, so epoxy is always a great, I mean, I love Total Boat. I use their products all the time. In fact, I'm about to do a whole bunch of epoxy work. But question, how big is it? And could you inlay acrylic to make your life easier? I mean, 16 by 16. I didn't catch that the first time if you said it. So, I mean, like. That's... No, no. It's a 16 by 16 hat press. That's standard size. Okay. Um, when you say using acrylic for what exactly? Because I'm 3D. So, you carve out the space like you would or you engrave the space like you would normally. And then you cut out acrylic to fill that space and inlay it. Oh, so you mean like do like uh, an etching on the acrylic and then put it in the space instead of. Yeah, or yeah, there's multiple ways you can go about doing that. But it might make your life easier, especially with the uh, the epoxy. And turnaround time would be less. And you could basically, I personal view here, epoxy and acrylic, if done right, will look very similar. Concentrate, not on the fly. <laughs> oh, you're talking about with the letters. So the letters, because they're V-carved in the 3D, it's literally yeah. like a two-minute thing. Okay, I'm just curious. It, so, in some instances, yes. And actually, I might play with that if I do normal hat press with just letters and do laser cutting. That would be that would be pretty cool. Because I've done it with uh, that Security Forces badge while back, where I did the acrylic inlay with the V-carb down, and it like perfectly met with the acrylic. That would be cool. Um, but this particular one, because it'll be a cherry press with walnut scythe, and then I'll do um, a silver or black... Um, epoxy and the epoxy is like i said gonna take me like three minutes because it's eight letters and it's not gonna take long uh and that'll be the only part that i actually epoxy i use maybe the logo too just for the heck using powder right uh the mica powder yeah okay that's what i thought uh i use um eye candy eye candy there you go i have a lot over here actually there's so many so many jars um i imagine but yeah, so that's that. But that that's like a, when I get to a job again. So when I'm done with the shadow box, I'll probably full tilt with that one because I don't know why Ben Ben's 3D carving thing has kind of rubbed off on me a little bit as far as it's just so damn cool. And like it's something a lot of people don't do. They don't take the time because they feel like it's not worth it. Well, here's the thing. If I'm making a 3D carving, my CNC's taken up and I'm hand building other stuff. That thing can carve while I'm doing a bunch of other things, and it's almost like I didn't lose any time. So that that's kind of what happened with the B-52, which I thought was cool. So uh, now, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. I know you are uh, you have a lot to talk about, but um, I, this is the way I kind of visualize it, right? So Ben took a different road than most people when it came to CNCing. He out the gate was like, I'm 3D carving. And that's kind of like the road he took. That's why he's so good is because he's been doing it the entire time. We kind of went the more traditional road by starting off, you know, cutting things out, you know, like engraving pictures in essentially. Um, and, you know, we've done multiple different things and 
I know I've definitely tested that CNC in more ways than one and some of the capabilities. Um, I think it's a progression thing. You know, you do so much with cutting. You do so much with, you know, kind of engraving and stuff like that and the 2D stuff. And you get to a point where that's it's fairly easy. I mean, you do have some challenges here and there. And there's definitely stuff I still want to do, like the uh, epoxy. Um, you cut another part, pour some more epoxy, and you could do some really cool stuff like that. Um, but uh, I think it's just a progression thing. Like, you know, eventually you get to a point where, like, you're excited. You're learning new stuff. The capability is there. You know what it could do. And you see a market for it, and you're diving right into it. I know that's how I, I'm seeing myself get excited about it. It's like you said, there's not a lot of people that do it. And like, yes, it takes forever. Pricing it is kind of unfair because like the amount of time and whatnot. But we're not just about making money here. I know I can speak for Nap and myself, I think, with us. Um, we enjoy doing this to such a level that the extra time and effort we put into our projects goes beyond a profit. It goes into the pride that we have in our projects. Um, so, I mean, like I, like I said, it's a progression thing and, uh, it's the same thing with the laser. You know what I'm saying? We start off laser. What do you do? You engrave. Oh, wait, I can cut out stuff. Oh, wait, I could, I could actually do stuff for inlays and you just, you keep going until you, you know, hit different markets and stuff like that. Um, I know I definitely want to, with some of the stuff that uh, Ben and I went over when I was in Texas, I'm going to try my hand at engraving pictures again. Um, I think I've learned enough where I can go ahead and jump into that. Um, so I'm, yeah, I think it's a progression with any tool and, you know, especially with, uh, you know, the makers that I know and talk to, we're all trying to learn as much as we can and we're all diving into tools and stuff like that. And it's just a natural progression for a maker to test the boundaries and do every learn and do everything a, a particular tool or machine can do because that's why we get them so my two cents didn't mean to kind of take it from you man but um i think honestly that's what that is is you know you embody the maker spirit so a part of it is is um i don't learn something and then stick to that for you know for infinity and beyond yes. you know like when I first started with the whole woodworking thing, you know, yeah, you, you, you caught that. Um, you know, I started 2D, you know, basic shapes and things for people and they loved it. Well, people then started asking me for other things that were a little more challenging. Um, you know, for a while there, I didn't even touch acrylic because honestly, I just didn't, I didn't have the use for it. And then I started touching and using acrylic and, you know, I used it for the right things. You know, I used it as accents. I didn't make full things out of acrylic because I thought at times... There, there's a time and place for acrylic. And to me, making full acrylic is not necessarily, I don't know, it's not great. Okay. Like it, it's wonderful for accents. I've used it for it. And, and I, to me, making mixed media um, things is better than just using, you know, straight on, you know, acrylic or straight on metal or those things. Because don't get me wrong, metal art is amazing. But if you combine it with wood and these other things, it looks yes. even better. If, you know, you can make an amazing acrylic sign, but it would look great if you had uh, a, a cherry or walnut backer. Um, you can make, now wood is, you know, special in the fact that there's so many different species. You can do different things and it would look, it looks amazing really no matter what you do. But I think in this maker's community, when folks are diving into different things, 
we actually tend to get sucked into and absorbed by whatever it is we've learned uh, that, that works really well and that just sells well. And we forget that there's these other things that we've learned uh, as we go on. So what I've been more cognizant of as I move forward is, yeah, I know how to do acrylic. I know how to do glass. I know how to do a little bit of metal work. I know how to do this, that, and the other. And I use all those things, you know, they're all in my repertoire as far as what I can make. That's why I can make things like that relic card. That's why I can make things like this B-52 plaque. Like 3D carving, some people, again, don't use it because of time. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's worth it if you have the right customers, which here I do. So it, it's great. Um, Even having that in your back pocket for those special occasions or special projects. Right. And, and I've got two such occasions coming up, and those are the future projects. The one rotary project, I hooked up with one of the ammo guys that has a specific file that I've been looking for. It may or may not have been a 3D scan. And I'm able to go ahead and replicate this on the rotary instead of them using on a 3D printer. That's um, cool. It is a munition of sorts, and I can now carve it. I just need, I'm waiting for them to send me the file. Uh, six pack of beer is what the cost is, and I'll pay that any day. Um, because they did the work. <laughs> the to maintenance create the standard. File. Hey, listen, maintenance standard is <laughs> yeah, amazing. I've paid a lot with a it's six great. pack of beer. Yeah. Listen, if you want a bottle, if you want a six pack of beer, hell, if it's a thirty rack of Natty Ice, I, I don't care. Okay, I will buy whatever the hell you want if you give me a file. Okay, uh, within reason, of course. Uh, but then, so there's that project that I'm gonna <laughs> What's do. What's a ZJ? Yeah, right. If you don't know it, you can't afford it. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm going to create this, and I'm actually going to make it to where – so I'm going to take a block of material, all right, and I'm going to CNC a pocket out to where I can actually insert an arm into it. I'm going to 3D carve it, and I'm going to insert that arm into that 3D D carved munition, and I'm going to make a stand for it, which then will also be inserted. So it will be a stand, stick – and munition and then i'll be able to put a plaque on it so i'm gonna try something like that and see how that works out especially in the um munitions community uh casey beer is legal tender yeah exactly it's amazing um but then there's that project but then this one this one's gonna take the cake because it's bringing me back to my old uh, to my stomping grounds the old f-15e strike eagle so i had a guy reach out to me and he said hey man can you make me an F-15 cutout that can hang a barrel? And I was like, well, yeah, I can do that. Like, yeah. But, hey, I can do you one better. What if I can do a 3D carving of the top view of an F-15 with two spots to put barrel holders, fashion the barrel holders, stick them in there, and now you have a 3D F-15 carving with, a bar- with barrel mounts that you can mount a barrel. And he's like, well, man, go ahead and render up both and then send me the cost of both and we'll we'll decide what we want. I'm hoping they go for the 3D one. One, because it costs more. But two, because <laughs> it would be freaking awesome to make that, I think, because it's going to be all of the four feet. It's going to be the max capacity that my CNC can handle. So that's going to be interesting, uh, to say the least. But I'm excited to hopefully get to do that. Um, outside of that, though, lots of stuff going on. Always busy. Now, always busy. Uh, I start a new job. Uh, I actually do a permanent change of uh, squadron tomorrow. Uh, it's a little sooner. Yeah, type. PCA, yeah. 
Uh, I'm moving sooner than normal because the guy that's replacing me kind of already has know-how on what the job is that he's going to be doing. Uh, I gave him a good turnover Monday. He gets it. And of course, I'm literally moving like 100 yards the other way to another building. So if he needs me, he can call me or walk over and we can converse and I'll, I'll help him out because that's just who I am. I'm not going to be like, nah, man, it's all you. Have fun. No, like <laughs> just like just like the makers community where I help a bunch of folks, I also help people in real life in my actual job because that's just who I am. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go to this new job. I'm actually going to get to learn how to load munitions again. Uh, on a new aircraft I've never loaded. It's pretty awesome. I haven't loaded in six years. Interested to see how this is going to work out, considering I have to push push 700-pound doors open and expect two people to catch them with sticks called T-bars. It's really interesting. (laughs) Um, The things we do for love. Yeah, for real. Uh, But, yeah, so that's what's going on in the shop. That's what's going on in real life. It's been great. Uh, Not really stressed. You know, in San Antonio, I was super stressed. Josh, I know in New Jersey, you were never sleeping. I know you were probably fairly stressed at times. Yeah. Um, I, I could see it in your face, especially when we did the podcast. Um, but, yeah, that, that's really what's going on. So uh, if you're wrapping up your shock, or yeah, shop talk, um, I do want to talk about some future projects that I have planned personally. Um, so... I'm in a unique position where I don't have anything paid. Well, I got, <laughs> I have a shadow box that I didn't do for two years. Um, that has a, a down payment on it, but, um, I don't have any orders tip like where I have an invoice out, which I'm haven't done in years. Um, so I can kind of control the workflow just a little bit better than I have in the past. And here I made a promise both to my wife and myself that I would actually do some uh, house projects that I've been meaning to do and just have it. Um, and we kind of forced our uh, hand in that by getting rid of furniture that we, I said I was going to make. So like nightstands, we don't have any nightstands for our bed because I have a piece of was it, maple, um, really figured maple uh, that's going to need some epoxy love. And I'm going to go ahead and make basically a top for that and do a nightstand for her and I. I haven't decided between a floating or just a normal nightstand. Um, we are going to have drawers in it. But uh, it's going to be one of the larger epoxy projects I've done just for the fact that uh, there's going to be a lot more epoxy that pouring than I normally do. Um, I have another piece of, I guess maple is going to be a lot of our furniture because I just happen to have a lot of the maple I brought or had when I was in Jersey that's been sitting around for years and it's dry, ready to go. But um, I have some, another maple cookie that one of the big ones I kept, I, I literally have had for probably five, six years, uh, completely dry. I leveled it just before I left. I basically just have to pour some epoxy because uh, it's basically two trees that grew into each other. Um, so there's a crack where, and I cleaned up all the bark just before I left. So I got epoxy that, and then that's going to be like a side table uh, in our living room. Um, it's going to be a fairly big side table, but we have the space for it, and that's it's going to fill that space. And then uh, a footboard or foot, um, I guess you can call it a uh, bench for the bed. And then a uh, headboard for our bed as well. 
and then I'll make the kids signs for the room because the sign I made for my daughter didn't quite make it. And that's partly on me um, for eggs. I'm the one that packed it and B, uh, the materials I use, I was experimenting with at the time, doesn't move well. Um, so it was my first sign. I used some MDF on there. Um, and I, regardless, I'm glad I get to remake it cause I could do so much better now. Um, and I'll probably be using the same design or something very similar to it. Uh, but when you, it's kind of hard when you make stuff for yourself and you have stuff from the very beginning, like the bookshelves that, you know, I've carried across. Cause I could look at those and be like, Oh, I could build so much better now. Well, you can't do that for every piece of furniture you have built in your house, or you're going to be there just redoing it, redoing it. Um, but uh, I don't remember. I would have to get back to you, uh, Donald. Uh, I don't remember the kind of offset I have. Uh, I can send you the bit and then my settings. I'm but, talking uh, to him in the chat. He asked me if I did a roughing pass earlier, and I didn't see oh, it. Okay. I'm just responding to him. Cool. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I got some epoxy work ahead of me, a little bit larger than I have in the past. Um, in addition with making some actually uh, furniture for the house. It's going to be nice. I haven't made some uh, you know high quality furniture in a while. So I'm going to start uh, trying to utilize some things that I haven't incorporated into the shop before or wanted to, but didn't have time for. And I'm going to make those a priority. Um, there's a few other things that uh, I have in mind that I'm not going to make any promises for because at that point in time, I don't know if I'm able to get to them or not. Um, but I have mentioned a few of these on the podcast before. Um, and a hint would be a chess board set for the family. Um, cause I do like playing chess and I actually 3d printed, uh, my resin printer, an Egyptian set, um, pieces set for myself. And that's another thing with 3d printing, going back to that, you can utilize, that 3D printer to make anything. And that includes uh, custom chess pieces to like everything and everything. So, offset, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I those are the future products uh, I'm going to be producing out of the workshop here. Um, I'll be doing a new Sawdust Nation podcast sign. Um, I actually cut some pieces before I left. I got to do some epoxy work with that. That's going to uh, just be a recreation of the current sign with a little twist in there. And that's going to be for my personal use. It's not redesigning it for the major podcast or anything. But uh, I think it's time that I made a sign uh, for the podcast for myself. Um, and then I'll also be doing a new sign for the, uh, the shop, the North Country Woodworking Sign and utilizing some of the stuff I've learned and tried in the past. Um, not super crazy projects, but things I'm pretty excited about. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because you get to a certain point where you have a picture in your head when you first start off of things you want to make. And when you get to the point where you can make those things and you know what they're going to look like because you know your capability, um, it's great. <laughs> it's a good feeling to have. Um, and I've been showcasing my work here and there with people I work with and uh, through the community here. So I'm excited for the possibilities here to come. Um, I'm in a good position. So hopefully, uh, you know, that's going to help too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of exciting things coming up for the shop and different uh, avenues I'm going to go down. Um, so we've got to do some 
uh, editing when it comes to the website and stuff like that. Um, reels are great. And Nap, you can either agree with me here or not, but um, reels are great. But there is something said to have a photo album of all your projects. So people can flip through that and not have to watch a you know 20 second reel to get to the end. Um, so I'm definitely trying to put something together for like that. And I'm going to have different uh, folders essentially um, where it's going to be like engraving or like uh, these are what, what engraving looks like. This is what uh, inlays <laughs> look like epoxy work, stuff like that. Because if you've uh, if you have a business and you're trying to explain this stuff to a uh, you know, potential client, it's a lot easier to send them these samples than it is to just, you know, explain it over the phone or through a text message. Um, and in addition to that, I'll be doing samples on different types of woods with the graving and stuff like that, which I've done in the past, but I'm going to do a little better job. I'm actually not going to use the same settings for every single piece of type of wood because that's not fair. Um, but I want to make sure they understand what they're going to get before they get it. Because an engraving on cherry is completely different than engraving on oak. Um, and I think I'm going to limit my stain collection to a very limited amount. And I'll have samples with that too. Um, so I'm not trying to limit the projects I do, but I'm trying to limit. I don't like staining. There is a place for staining and woodworking. And I am sorry, but um, I just not my favorite thing to do. Oak is the only thing I stain. It's terrible. Well, you have to stain oak to make it look good. <laughs> no, and I be, to be fair, if you ever seen pictures of my son's desk, that is a very figured piece of oak. It's absolutely gorgeous, and like I, I literally picked that up, and I'm like, "Ooh, am I really doing this right now?" Um, but yeah, it's it's one of the few exceptions. I, I had two pieces like that, um, and they're just absolutely gorgeous. Um, so you know, it is what it is. I'm not trying to limit myself in the shop. I'm trying to be uh, a little smarter in how I present my products, um, what I offer to make it easier on me and my clients to make decisions. Um, it's a business strategy I'm trying uh, because, you know, as I progress, I don't want to necessarily be like I have been in the past and kind of off the cuff. I want to have, um, you know, a lot of choices, but limited choices. That way I don't have to stock up on a uh, stain. I have to buy, use once, and then it just sits on the shelf. This last move essentially uh, taught me a lot of things. And I had to give away a lot. Couldn't take everything with me, right? So um, I'm going to be very intentional about the things I buy slash uh, try to do and uh, steer my clients in a way that's going to make their peace better. And something they're going to enjoy for a long time. And hopefully that's not staining. Um, yeah. Uh, Tim in the comments, he says that him and staining have a checkered past. There are people that can make, um, <laughs> you know, staining look easy. They do really good with it. You know, they really know how to handle it. Um, I'm not one of those people. I can manage it. I think there's things I do stain end up, you know, looking okay looking good but uh there's something about natural beauty of wood and i just want to work with that that's just that's me my personal preference um i mean there's a lot to woodworking we all know that there's so many avenues and the biggest thing i want to explore is those things i've previously mentioned and then head up to the lake there's a lot of stuff i want to try on there a lot of ideas i can't wait to get into
one thing I will tell you, we all have our personal preference, but if the customer wants it and it's something we can handle, you know we're going to do it. Oh, I, I welcome that because like it actually extends your knowledge base. Think about all the stuff we've had clients ask us for, and at the time, we were not not familiar with. We weren't comfortable even doing. As you push send on the CNC or laser or whatever, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to blow up. <laughs> The pucker factor was real. <clears throat> I mean, like, um, case in point, one example that comes to mind for me, and I'd like to hear one from you too, Nap, is when I did a um, coin holder, challenge coin holder, and it was a British slash American flag. And for the first time, I actually carved uh, the lines and stained everything. And then I installed the slats where the actual coins would go. And then I carved on top of those slats the line. So when you looked at it straight on, you would have the full picture if you didn't, well, coins in it or not. Um, that that was a real pucker factor. I could have ruined an entire project and have to start all over if it just wasn't aligned right. So um, you got to take chances. That's part of the, the whole game. But uh, you learn as you take those chances. Sometimes you won't even use uh, what you learn, but you always have it in the back pocket and you'll be familiar with it at least next time. That's my one example. Tossing it over to Nap, what do you got, man? So I can tell you my first large 3D project was I think the biggest pucker factor I'd ever dealt with. Uh, 38 hours of just straight carving. Um, that'll put any maker to the test. Now, mind you, new maker, well, intermediate maker. Um, new maker probably wouldn't even attempt unless it's something they've got previous experience in or, uh, or they just said, screw it and send it. You know, then that's another person altogether. Cause I've seen people like that. They do great work. Um, but for someone that never really did 3d um, is often when I made that OSI shadow box a while back and you know, it took 38 hours. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm literally spending 38 hours carving this. If this doesn't turn out the way I needed to, the shadow box is not going to get done on time. And then one of my hit reels that I made was, I think, the ultimate factor, uh, pucker factor, if you will. It was when I transposed the V-carve onto a 3D object. So Ben has told me it works out great, whatever. But the problem is, is when you zero, if you don't zero it in the right spot, you yeah. could just absolutely destroy a that's, piece. That's my biggest fear. Like, I think I can manage most on the CNC, but like that reference, you know, Z is what scares me the most because if that's off, if that's off even by a little bit, you're done. <laughs> yep. So when I hit send and it was four numbers, it was the guy's badge number. I hit send and I watched it. I was like, oh, please no. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I'm literally saying to myself, like, please don't screw up. I, said so, I, I stayed up so late doing this. And sure enough, it turned out fine. Because obviously, you know, it's gone. It's with the customer and they loved it. Um, but I can tell you, when I did that for the first time, I could tell it was it was nerve wracking. Now I do V-Carve on 3D, you know, model like it's nothing. Because it's like, oh, click the box. Okay. Make sure I have a spot on my piece that I know where I'm zeroing. Make sure you're zeroing in roughly the same area that you started on, and guess what? You're good. Um, but that was that was a time where I was like, oh, this could have been. 
Okay, so here's the flip side of this uh, question slash topic we're talking about here. What's the project that you were do? You know, you're trying to finish up, and you had to do something that was iffy, and the pucker factor was real, and it did mess up. And how did you go ahead and fix that? Josh, you were there for this. I know. I called you about this one. <laughs> I know. Panic <laughs> so, was real that day. <laughs> yes, it was. So I was doing a retirement chest to see, and it was the no, it was my one of my friend's retirement chests, and I was putting his retirement number or order in his badge because he was security forces and they have a number in their badge. And instead of his badge number, I put that. Um, so I went and did it and I was like, Oh no. Cause when I went to go put the top on, I realized I did it backwards and I did the, so I etched it to where the back was the front and the front was the back. And I was like, Oh no, I fucked up. You can be, you can believe that out. Um, and I legitimately panicked because I had already epoxied it. I'd done everything. Like I'd done everything to make sure this thing was ready so I could mount the lid and call it a day. I called Josh when I messed up. I was like, Josh, dude, I engraved it the wrong way. I've already epoxied. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. Like legitimately, I don't think I've ever actually freaked out over a job as much as I did this one. Yeah. And Josh knew. Josh knew I was I was not in a good place. I had to talk him down. <laughs> um, Breathe? But, okay. Yeah. So then we went through. And he's like, all right, well, what could you do? I was like, well, I could do this, this, and this. And he's like, okay, well, what about this? And the what about this was drum sanding the whole top off. And I was like. <laughs> so the first thing I did was I went ahead and I measured my laser bed. I measured the lid, all the things. Everything fit. And I was like, this could work. So I went ahead and I measured, did all the things. I went ahead and threw it to the drum sander, re-etched it. To my surprise, now epoxy was the last step on this entire job because I didn't want to have to mess with that thing anymore because the next day I was taking it and delivering it. Good thing I had Total Boat's Fast Hardener. And I went ahead and uh, mixed it up, threw it in there. Next morning, went to it, and it was hard as a rock, and I was good to go. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, I've never panicked so hard ever about a project. And it was mostly because it was for a friend, but also because that shit was expensive. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure it was right. Because, <laughs> you know, when you make these high profile, and I say high profile, high dollar amount items, you don't want them to be to be crap. You just don't. Because if they're crap, nobody's going to come to you and accept your prices if, you're, if your quality is not something to speak about so uh everything ended up turning out well and my buddy still reaches out to me these days telling me how much he loves it and also for laser help of course too because he also got a laser i convinced him he's retired now nice and he uh, he got a laser he's been tooling around with that but yeah so that was one of those times where things were going okay and then it didn't go well and i almost lost my mind and then josh <laughs> talked about uh josh what about you man how about you <sighs> I feel like I've had a lot. There's been a lot of times I've panicked in the shop. Um, as I've progressed, it's gotten less and less because like a lot of times it's like, Oh, I've done this before. <laughs> I messed up so much in the beginning. Now when I mess up, it ain't such a big deal because well, I, I know how to fix it for the most part. Um, but the biggest one that comes to mind is it's like a newbie uh, mistake. And I've mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast, but, 
I'm sure there's more, but the one that comes to mind is I was doing a uh, memento box with a uh, challenge coin top with American flag. And when I went to go, I did it all in pieces, something that I typically don't do. Uh, but I, for some reason, I did it this way uh, because that's a typical way people, you know, produce a flag. And I glued everything together and I tightened those clamps so much. I squeezed out pretty much all the glue. Um, yeah. Well, you're <laughs> and, talking about this one. That yes, one. The one. That one. Mm, way to so, go, Steve. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a newbie mistake. Like, I, who, who could have thought I could have done that much squeeze out? You know what I'm saying? Like, I put a Anybody. lot of glue in that thing. So, long story short, um, when I, I, you know, took down the clamps, I had pieces falling off, and I tried to fix it. And it was just at a point where I was like, "It's going to take me longer to try to fix this than me go back and just reconstruct it, reconstruct it in a way I'm I know I can do." And I did, and I think it turned out great. The customer loved it, but I had the old one and I was bound and determined to go fix that up and try to make it better. So I did what I did is I made it, uh, you know, I finally glued it together. Um, and then I made it rustic looking old and I flipped it over and, uh, I put some lyrics from Johnny cash on the back, uh, this old flag or this old, old flag or something like that. Can't remember the exact song. Forgive me. And, I put it for sale on the front yard with some other stuff and it sold first thing <laughs> and they paid, you know, you know what it was worth. And I got to sell one of my mistakes. I turned around and made it to a different project. Um, and, and I was pretty proud of that. You know, like I learned a lot from that job, especially in the beginning. Um, and I also saved a project by just using my imagination and turning it into something different. Can you stop rubbing your wood in front of me? It's just awkward. It's even Listen, hard wood. It's so smooth. <laughs> 400 grit. It's smiling it does, it does and staring into the things. camera. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what, 400 grit, after you do a good hard coat of lacquer, let that shit stuff dry, and then hit it with 400, maybe even 600 if you're feeling froggy uh and super smooth and then i go ahead and hit it with that denatured alcohol and hit it with gloss it's like the perfect finish it's great yeah sorry no 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 it's a good finish doc <laughs> um finished. long story short that that's my that's the one that stands out i've had plenty of projects just blow up at the last minute like i remember when i first started everything would go very well or at least in memory would go well and then at the very end, I'd see this little blemish or I'd see this little mistake. And I would work at trying to get that perfect. And then trying to do that, I would actually destroy that section and have to redo it or you know fix it somehow. That's when I learned uh, every project is going to have a feature, a small mistake that no one else is going to see. And it's okay to let some of that go. I mean, obviously, you want to keep the quality, but you, you have to. Yep. And no one's going to ever see that. He's showing a piece right now. Um, that's the biggest thing that, uh, when I talk to a new woodworker that's trying to sell things or not is, you know, let yourself make mistakes. You're going to learn from them. And you know what? Half the time, people are not going to even see it. And if they do see it, they might think it's intentional and love it. Um, that's why we call them features and not mistakes. Uh, hey, that's uh, in Ben's words. That's $700. That's a feature. <laughs> 
There we go. And I think that's a perfect uh, place to leave the podcast and start wrapping this up. Um, turn your mistakes into futures. And then add $20. It's an extra, yeah, it's an extra $100. <laughs> don't worry about it. But, Nap, uh, why don't you lead us out with uh, an outro here? Yeah, hey, folks. So, first and foremost, patrons that join us on these live podcasts, or the raw live podcasts, we very much appreciate you because you add more to this podcast than you'll ever know. It's great conversing with you all through the chat and answering and giving reactions as we're doing the episodes. So thank you very much, uh, as always. And then PW and CNC. So we don't have been doing a lot of sponsor outro stuff lately, but I can say Josh mentioned them earlier. Uh, Daniel over at PW and CNC is our hugest contributor as far as keeping the podcast going i mean let's just be let's be frank um he tags us with tasks with his spindle kits we test things for him and you know in turn he supports us and then you know this next pod was it workbench con coming up we're gonna go help him out there i'm pretty excited uh so daniel thank you very much uh, for everything uh, especially the ticket you're going to be putting up here um uh, for christmas as well as the other ticket we're going to be putting up as the podcast so there'll be two tickets out there uh for you all for christmas giveaway uh we're mentioning that now because believe it or not christmas is kind of right around the corner it's, it's sneaking up on us uh and then we also have total boat uh thank you very much for your continued support and then of course uh who else? Uh, we also have Makerstock. We're affiliates with them. And Omtech, we're affiliates with them as well. Uh, so make sure you go check them out. Makerstock has great acrylics, and Omtech has great lasers. Uh, outside of that, uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with the final words. So, Josh, I know this is weird, but go ahead and give your final words, and then I'll wrap it up. I'm going to continue on with the mistake thing. Allow yourself to make mistakes. It's okay. Breathe. Call a friend. You're going to learn something from that. You're going to make it better and make your future projects easier. So get in the shop, go make some sawdust, and then nap you can get to go because I can't say the rest. Yay, I get to do it. Yes. I'm a little hostile. Nope. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm going to yeah. pout over here. <laughs> but hey, folks, seriously, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for contributing as always. Uh, make sure you guys keep helping each other out and uh, keep making the community stronger. Uh, I know for a while there we were doing uh, community over competition, but guess what? It's still a real thing regardless of how we feel about the folks that came up with the catchphrase. But keep doing it because guess what? That's how we keep a rolling. Uh, with that, go make some sawdust. Sawdust Nation out. I did forget to mention this, but we will be doing our giveaway uh, this next Tuesday. I was just thinking and, it. You uh, said it. Yeah, um, we have some pretty cool stuff we're going to be giving away, which means we don't know yet. Um, but let's uh, <laughs> be honest. I just got that. That was great. <laughs> hey, actually, patrons, what do you want us to give away? I know we're taking a little time, but what do you want us to give away? Victor really caught on to the toy thing. I think we should give a dinosaur away uh, because of the – actually, why don't we do that? Why don't we We'll give do a away? dinosaur as like a funny ha-ha, but then what yeah, do you guys Yeah, as a nod want? to the kid episode, yeah. Maybe a dinosaur and like a Pokemon card pack. And then uh, we can give away a woodworking related tool.